You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouettes football. I am Tim Capper, along with the Gleek to my Wonder Twins, Cliffy D. <laughs> oh, love it. Oh, my. That, we're kicking it old school once again. Oh, <laughs> Form of a free agent. Uh, uh, Shape of an extension. Yes. That actually sounds pretty bad when you take that out of context. Uh, uh, yeah, phrasing. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Context. Um, so first ever, I, see, I didn't know how to approach this episode. First ever free agency episode that we've done. Um, and I think what's very funny, Cliff, is that of all the projection, projections, predictions that everybody said about how free agency was going to go, including us, and I think both of you and I were on the same boat about this. What? A crazy ass couple of days just to start off free agency. It was just absolutely nutballs. Oh, no question. I mean, some of the stuff was sort of predicated. Like you kind of knew what was going to happen, especially when it came to Mike Riley going to the BC Lions. That seemed to be a foregone conclusion for the most part. Yeah. But once that domino fell, I mean, everything else just sort of – again, once, the, once noon hour hit – and the floodgates opened. I mean, normally you see like a trickle of activity, but this almost felt like just a, a slow, steady stream. And then it just kept building and building. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, this guy signed with that team. And this guy's staying put. And so on and so forth. It's just like, holy moly. Like, I mean, yeah, it was... And, and oh, look, Ottawa's been decimated. Um, oh, man, they have, they've taken some hits. So let me... <laughs> what's, your, what's your thought? And, and this, I think, I like how this is going because... Usually in the CFL, it's usually a whole hush-hush type of thing when it comes to salaries and who's getting what. And um, and, and after listening to uh, Randy Ambrosi's, was it Randy Ambrosi who mentioned it at his at his his Calgary uh, road trip uh, show, whatever you want to call it, his circus show uh, that he that was on the uh, that Calgary had on their webpage uh, from the other day. And by the way, who starts it at one? Anyways, I digress. Don't even go there. Um, it was nice to see them actually announce how much you know Riley and Bo Levi were getting. Um, it's something you don't normally hear in the CFL. I think you did maybe in the early '90s, and then and, you know when you stars like you know, Doug Flutie and Rocket Ishmael and stuff like that, you were hearing the, the amounts that were actually being you know that they were being signed to, and then all just went really really quiet. But hearing this type of information, and I, I may be taking this phrase from somebody else, um, it may have been the commissioner who was talking about it, but I got to admit, hearing how much these guys are making and the teams announcing it, I think it's also showing to these some of these other upstart leagues that uh, you stay here long enough, uh, you're going to get paid. Oh, without question. Uh, again, quarterbacks naturally are going to get paid no matter what, and Best example of that are the two elite quarterbacks in this league, Mike Riley and Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, Mike Riley, of course, uh, did sign as a free agent with the BC Lions for four years, uh, and he'll be clearing 
at least 700k per year. Uh, Bo Levi is pretty much in the same camp, but he's going to be staying with the Calgary Stampeders and not going to the NFL, which is and taking a pay cut. Basically, I think it was four hundred thousand dollars less from go to go to instead of going to Toronto. I mean, what? Yeah, he he left a lot of money on the table to stay in Calgary. So that that says a lot about how he feels about his situation in Calgary. Uh, I mean. Dude wants to get paid. Everybody does. But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the fact that he believes so strongly in the system in place for the Stampeders, uh, that that speaks volumes because Jim Pop, the Argos uh, general manager, I mean, he was throwing a lot of cake at uh-huh. Bo Levi. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah. but I think it just, just goes to show, that, you know, even with the alliance with what they're paying, uh, you know, $250,000 U.S., and I understand I think that's the huge caveat right there, U.S., over three years, I think it just it shows that if anybody if, if they think that they can't, you know, oh, you know, the AAL, sorry, the AAF is the BL end all to get to the NFL. That's not always the case. You, you can really- you can make the money in the CFL. So I, I'm I'm glad that I wish more teams would do that, especially for 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 stars and stuff like that. I, just just announce it. And we, I think I think it was the commissioner who mentioned that they can announce this stuff. It's there's never there's according to him there's no rule stating that teams cannot announce how much they're getting. No, not at all. So yeah, you, why wouldn't you? Why would why would you get people excited? Get people talking. This is what fans want to talk about. They yeah. want to know who's on the negotiation list, yeah. for example. They want to know what guys are getting paid. They want to be able to compare apples to apples. And the only way to do that is to know exactly what players are getting paid. I mean, I, I understand some players uh, and some fans even. We'll say, well, it's none of our business what these guys are making. And to a degree, that's true. But at the same time, this is what prompts that discussion. This is what gets people talking about, you know, is this guy going to be a good fit for our team? Uh, Can we afford to have a a certain player like this? Or once this guy gets to be at a certain level, can we afford to keep him? I mean, these these are all discussions that CFL fans have every year, day in, day out. And it's part of what makes things so interesting is to see just how it works within this this nine-team league of ours. Yeah, and... Uh, again, uh, we thought things were going to be all, all slow and 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 staying in the course until the CBA was done. And pfft, nope, boy, were we wrong. I'm glad I didn't bet on that. Bet on that one. <laughs> and how? I, I mean, I mean, these guys want to get paid, and I think at the end of the day, you got to bet on yourself and trust that whatever amount you sign for, you're going to be fine. And if the teams happen to get a little bit more money, whether it's through revenue sharing or new TV deals or things like that. At the end of the day, you guys just take care of your own business. Don't yeah. worry about any of that other stuff. Just make the numbers work for you. And that's what I've said to a lot of the players that we've we've spoken to during the off season is just get the numbers right for yourself. Like yeah. worry about you and just make sure you get paid at yeah. the end of the day because that's what matters is get yourself paid and then everything else will fall into place. And, you know, the Alouettes have made a hell of a splash. Um, I was surprised at some of them. We're going to go over this. I was surprised at some of the names that decided to come to Montreal and what other what whatever Cavis uh, and Coach Sherman were able to to say to get these players and to entice these players to come in Montreal. The Alouettes by far have been one of the better winners of the free agency uh, a, a free agency this off season. And I think a lot of the the pundits have been saying that also. I mean, 
I mean, it's funny if you can <laughs> if you can get Ty over at Two and Out to to say that you know to actually say some good things about the Owls, <laughs> you know you know things have changed. Um, well, but well, that's it. Everybody likes to slag Cavis uh, Reed for any number of reasons, yeah. and but I mean, I know, while everybody was like blowing their brains out over where all these you know high profile quarterbacks are going to go, like Cavis just sort of been like working you know almost in you know, working in silence, just sort of making these moves, just adding these pieces here and there. And then like when these names come, come popping up, you're like, Oh my gosh, yeah. they, he signed who? Yeah, what? exactly. Exactly. And we're going to get into this. And, and also we were lucky enough to be able to speak with one of our, uh, our newest members of the Alouettes, uh, our, our free agent, uh, O lineman, uh, Spencer Wilson, who came over from Calgary. Uh, no spoiler alert. If you didn't know already, uh, we'll be speaking with him shortly on uh, on uh, on free agency and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, stay tuned for that. So, Cliff, um, let's go over the names. Obviously, the names that we already knew that the Alouettes had already re-signed prior to um, prior to free agency. Uh, we got Tony Washington back, Eugene Lewis, Christian Matt, Ernest Jackson, uh, Martin Bardard, uh, Jean Samuel Blanc. Uh, and B.J. Cunningham was one of the first one announced for the Alouettes, which is, I think, is a huge get. Um, but a friend of friend of the show, B.J. Cunningham. Yeah, uh, we've had him here on the flight deck, and I, I said just from day one of the off season is the Alouettes have to find a way to keep Cunningham because he's a star. He really is a star. I think a lot of people have sort of underappreciated what he's brought to the team and he's kind of flown under the radar a little bit just because with the quarterback play being what it is, he hasn't quite gotten as many looks. And I think a lot of teams sort of realize like, Hey, this is a pretty good player. Imagine if he was, imagine if Bo Levi Mitchell was throwing passes to him or imagine if Trevor Harris was throwing passes to him, yes. dude would be a superstar. And I have to agree. I, I have to agree. If he, if the quarterback situation here in Montreal was just, a, just a little bit more stable, I, I truly believe B.J. Cunningham would be one of those elite guys yeah. that you would see talked about on CFL and TSN. I, I absolutely believe that. Yeah, and I, I think now yeah. he's going to get that chance to prove it. Like once Montreal buckles down and says, OK, this guy is going to be our quarterback. No ifs, ands or buts about it. And they make B.J. a focal point of the offense. I guarantee you his star is going to shoot even higher if you can believe that. Yeah, I uh, know. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. And I think a lot of the stuff that we said last year. For the for what if we could get you know what awards that we thought he might be able to get will be will actually come to fruition, but we'll, we'll see. Now, besides B.J. Cunningham, uh, and I want your I want your thoughts on these players that we picked up here, uh, Cliff. Uh, we also picked up from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders fullback Christophe Normand. W- what's your thought? Oh, well, actually, the Edmonton Eskimos we picked up. Oh, oh, is that oh, that, oh, that's green and oh, I couldn't tell by the color coding here. Whoops. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. Tim's. Uh, I think Tim's gone colorblind. I've gone colorblind. <laughs> okay, so we picked him up from Edmonton. <laughs> yes. So what, what's we, your what's your thought on picking him up? Uh, well, I uh, can't say I'm surprised to see uh, a Quebecois player uh, come come home, so to speak. Uh, Christophe Normand did play for the uh, Laval Rouge Or. Uh, one, uh, I believe, at least one or two Vanier Cups with the Rouge Or. Uh, as far as fullback goes, uh, we've already got Spencer Moore, but I mean, it doesn't hurt to have another good, strong fullback in the uh, in the backfield for the Alouettes. 
I definitely see him getting a lot of special teams play. And I think being able to come home and be able to play in front of his uh, his native crowd, I think is going to be a, a real boost for him. I think uh, I think there's a lot to like about this. I mean, this is a strictly depth move as far as I'm concerned because fullbacks tend to not get a whole lot of love here. I mean, you think about guys like uh, Kerry Carter, uh, Jean-Christophe Beaulieu. Like, these are guys that – if given the chance, could make plays happen. But for whatever reason, the Alouettes just sort of forget that they have a fullback and kind of get sort of lost in the shuffle a little bit. So I'm really hoping for Norman's sake that it doesn't happen here. But uh, I think he'll definitely contribute on special teams. And again, a good, solid depth move as far as I'm concerned for the Alouettes. Uh, one, I don't know if this was really a surprise for, for Alouette fans, but you know, after you spoke with them, after I spoke with him at the last game of the season, you know, John Bowman saying that he is 98% done. Uh, that's funny. That 2% basically equals a new two-year contract for the GOAT, John Bowman, man. I mean, it's – is this a – this is a – it is a surprise, but it isn't a surprise. It's not because, yeah, John is very much a part of Montreal. He he really is. I, I, I put him up there with – among the best Alouettes in the past 20 years and very much a, a big part of the Montreal sports scene. I mean, not both on and off the field. And one day he is going to retire, believe it or not. I mean, he's been teasing retirement now, I think, for three seasons. But uh, when push comes to shove, I just I, I know he wants to leave the Alouettes in a better place than where he found them. Right. And I think that's what's driving him more than anything else. It, it can't be about money. It can't be about personal goals i think for for bowman i think he just wants to leave the alouettes in a much better situation and with the, the way the team has been the past couple of years i don't think he feels like he can just sort of hand up pass the torch and let someone else take that i think he i think he owes he feels he owes it to this team and to this city that's given him such a good life i think he owes it to them to do everything he can to help at least get Montreal back to where they were before. So uh, I, I can't say I can't say I'm surprised that he would come back. I'm, uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not either. But by the way, uh, another thing I thought about this, you know, that he gets. We know how how good of a player he is. You know, he gets this new two year contract. But I, I think what everybody happened to forget is the muscle that he tore during the season, and that he's going to be. And he's come, they signed him for two. They must have a lot of faith. Considering what I can't remember, what what did he tear? Was it a, was it a, a tricep, tricep or bicep? Bicep, I believe. Yeah, and and he played with it, so we know is it we know he's a beast. It's tougher than a two dollar steak, yeah. folks. So I mean, it's uh, that's one thing one people have possibly tend to forget and have forgotten that he had this injury, and yet the Alouettes still said, you know what, we're 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 gonna we're gonna sign you for another two years. Uh, as we mentioned before, we'll be speaking and then we'll be hearing the interview very shortly uh, from Calgary. We picked up um, uh, nine-year nine vet of the Calgary O-line, Spencer Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we also picked up from from Calgary, I'm just going to lump them together here, uh, defensive back Patrick Levels. What's your thought on these two gents coming to, uh, coming to the nest? Well, first off, anytime you can sign defending Grey Cup champions, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I, again, I was very surprised at both of these guys that uh, they wouldn't want to stay in Calgary, just given how the system works out there. And uh, again, each guy has their own reason for wanting to leave. But uh, the fact that you're able to pick up two defending Grey Cup champions, guys that know what it takes to win and have succeeded at a very high level. I mean, that's that's massive, especially, too, when you think about what Spencer Wilson's going to bring to the offensive line, which, again, has... 
taken his lumps over the years, I think would be a, a fair statement to say. Uh, the fact that he can play any position on that offensive line, he can slot him in wherever is needed. I mean, that's that's huge as far as I'm concerned because how many times last over the past couple of years have we seen this offensive line just get blown right up and the quarterback just ends up with his ass on the turf? It's it's not fun to watch. Yeah. So being able to assign someone of this caliber, like and still a young man too on the, on the O line, I mean that's just that's terrific. I mean he's bringing veteran experience, still got some youth, still got plenty of gas left in the tank, and just that versatility more than anything else. I mean this this was a, a move I was not expecting, but I tell you what, I am I'm pretty excited to see what uh, Spencer can bring to this O line. What sort of uh, what, what he brings to the table, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. And Patrick Levels, I mean, this guy is a game changer. I, I mean, he, this Montreal secondary was showing good signs of life towards the end of the season. Uh, I mean, losing a Tavon Campbell to the NFL yeah. sucks. A, a guy like that is just a pure beast, and to lose him to the NFL – it's not easy to replace him, but I tell you what, Patrick Levels will definitely do that. He'll he'll step in. He's a, a huge playmaker. He reads the field so well. Uh, unbelievable athleticism. I mean, this guy is a true beast on the field. And the the fact that Montreal's got him now, wow. I, I again, these were these are moves that I just I just couldn't imagine anyone leaving Calgary unless they were just basically kicked to the curb. But I mean, like, these guys they bought into whatever. Cavis and Mike Sherman are selling. And I tell you what, I mean, if that doesn't make you sit up and take notice, I, I don't know what will. No, I know. It, it, I was just you know, hearing about some of these players. And as you said, the, the, the defense was getting better near the end of the year. Um, you know, just being able to, I don't, I, I, you know, I, I have high hopes. We haven't even gone through the list yet here yet. And, and I have high hopes. I mean, considering the ones that we signed at the end of the year, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's I'm just ecstatic. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's like again, and it, again, these moves were happening. Everybody's losing their losing their minds over the fact that Trevor Harris is now with the the Eskimos, and uh, oh gosh, uh, like I said Mike Riley or first I mean, like some of these big moves that were being made. Uh, Greg Ellingson going to the Eskimos. Oh, I mean, like yeah, yeah. Like, holy smokes, like, what, what's going on? But meanwhile, Cavis is just sitting there like, oh, let me sign this guy. Let me sign this guy. And then you're like, he's turning these in. I'm like, what? I mean, Are you kidding me? I, I would not be surprised because I think what need, a lot of people need to remember, too. I mean, not only do we had we picked up Patrick Levels, but he he is very possible going to be a very good compliment if Greg Reed stay, it, it continues with the Alouettes. Remember, he is one of the, the, the uh, end of season stars, in my opinion, and showed a lot of uh, a promise for the team. So, I mean, considering what he was able to do over his last, was it four games that he played? Um, hmm. So, and let's not forget these are these are young guys too. Yeah. Like, uh, like Reed is hasn't even hit twenty five yet, or no? I think he just turned twenty five recently, and uh, and levels too. He's still a young man. Like the and like the, like these. This is a foundation that you can build on for years to come, and you just cultivate that properly. I'm like, my God, I mean, this is the two exciting young playmakers on the Alouettes for a good while still. Oh man. Well, and, and I think what's funny too is that not only do we have levels, we got Reed who is on the roster, but also we pick up Taylor Loeffler. Holy that, crap! <laughs> I, I tell you, I was, I was in bed reading. Like catching up on the news, I'm, I'm glad I was lying down because I, if I was sitting <laughs> in a chair, I would have fallen out of it. Like, 
Are you kidding me? You did Taylor just the opposite. You, you sat up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, one of those moves that you're just like, what the ever-loving hell? Wow. Like, wow. I, again, you talk about another unbelievable playmaker, and he has such a good career with the Blue Bombers, and he was basically a thorn in Montreal's side every time they played. So, I mean, the fact that now he's going to be on on the Alouette side, whew, man. That, I tell you what, like this, this secondary has potential to be really, really scary. Yeah, if it's, you know what, just our offense needs to stay on the field so that these guys don't get gassed. But, you know, speaking of offense, you mean besides the, the wide receivers that we'd already picked up, uh, that we'd already signed, that we had already known here uh, in Montreal, we also pick up DeVere Posey. Oh, man. You know, what was mis- makes me laugh. Last year, what was the big complaint about the receiving core? They're too slow. They can't get open. They, there's no deep threat. Well, guess what, folks? DeVere Posey is a goddamn deep threat. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget, Grey Cup MVP. Why? 105-yard touchdown. Yep. Hello. I think we've mm-hmm. got, whether it's Johnny Manziel or Antonio Pipkin or Vernon Adams, I don't I don't care who it is that's going to be throwing the rock. I'll just say, huck it up in the air. I tell you what, Devier's going to come down with it, and he's taking it to the house. I mean, that him and Cunningham, those are your deep threats. Those are the guys that are going to go deep. And are going to make plays happen, and oh my gosh! Do you do, that, you, do you see the team possibly going with E Jack uh, up up the middle? It might as well instead, instead of being a, a because he you know he, when when Ernest Jackson can uh, when he was playing as well as he was you know uh, for for the Red Blacks stuff like that he he was known as a deep threat. Do you think they'll completely change the uh, the way that the offense is built for you know because they got so many good wide receivers on this team? You think they'll, they'll change it around to make him sort of a guy up the middle, or will they go with uh, with somebody else? I mean, what it will be? Po- I mean, Posey has to be has to be a deep threat, which we were, you know, sorely missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's your thought? I mean, do you think they'll change things for him, and it'll be completely different for Ejac this year? I think so. I think again, he's a natural slot back, so I mean, like, I would definitely keep him there to, you know, because he he seems to be more comfortable with that, and he was developing a pretty good relationship with. Manzel, yeah. as far as catching passes go. So, I mean, like, he does have potential, again, still to be a playmaker. That's that's what the Elwoods signed him to be two years ago. And he's never come close to really achieving that. But maybe, again, this I, I can't stress this enough. Once you settle on the quarterback, once you stop the quarterback clown car and settle on QB1 and make him that quarterback through thick and thin and design a playbook that was going to play to that, then, yes, I, I definitely still see the potential of making Ejac a – a true playmaker but failing that you know now you've got posey who will go deep and will make plays happen yeah i i mean i, I think a lot of it does depend on what uh, kari kari jones does as far as uh, developing developing a, a playbook even further than what he's already developed so far but to me i think if you're going to look for a deep threat posey is definitely the way to go 100 I, I still think cunningham has that potential to be the the real playmaker, the the real guy that's going to get everybody out of their seats and excited. But I mean, you you signed Jackson for a reason. I mean, you, you could have let him go. They could have decided, okay, maybe it's just the fit isn't there. But if they've signed him to a contract, it means that they definitely believe there's still a lot of playmaking potential. And I want to believe that too. So I mean, no matter what, he's going to have to step up and show that it, you know they got to just they got to justify. Yeah. Signing, signing Ejac. So exactly, exactly. Uh, 
as far as I'm concerned, you got to make him a part of the offense, like a full-time part of the offense. And whoever the quarterback is has to be able to click with all of these guys yeah. with, without question. So besides Posey also coming over from the, uh, from the lions is a linebacker Bo was a Bolaco. Oh boy. Uh, Bo. Bola combo. Thank you. Bola combo. I wasn't <laughs> sure which distress, which part of that word distress and running back Jeremiah Johnson. Mm-hmm. What's your thought? Uh, well, Bola combo. I kind of predicted this in the alternative is that we needed to get a real playmaker on the defense in, in that linebacking core. Someone that's going to compliment Hinoch Mwamba and Glenn Love. And let me tell you, Bola Combo has all the potential in the world to be that kind of playmaker. This is the guy that I think will make a major difference in the linebacking core. Uh, again, no disrespect to Chip Cox, but I, I still am of the opinion that despite his renaissance last year, his best before date expired a long time ago. And the fact that he's not signed yet to the Alouettes kind of says it all as far as I'm concerned. Like yeah. Combo, I think, can, can step in. And B, that that younger alternative to to what Chip Cox is, and pairing him up with Henock and Glenn, whew, man, I tell you what, that linebacking core is looking fierce. And you add a couple of the uh, younger linebackers that are still in play, like uh, Jean Gabriel Poulet and uh, Kadim Mbe. Uh, man, I I can't help but be excited for the linebacking core for 2019. I think it's going to be it's going to be an embarrassment of riches as far as I'm concerned. Uh, as far as Jeremiah Johnson goes, uh, I wasn't too sure about uh, did we really need another running back, but you know what? You can never have too many good running backs. Uh, I still believe 100% this is Will Stanback's team. Yeah. Uh, Ryder Stone is still very much a young man who's just going to get better with time and with more reps, but you you got to have that insurance policy. And that's exactly what Jeremiah Johnson is. is he's an insurance policy to make sure that you're not burning out these young, these young guys. Or God forbid there's an injury. At least, you know, you've got a, still a good, solid downhill runner in Johnson, a guy that can still make plays happen. Uh, to me, I, again, another good depth move, just like Christophe Norman, just a good depth move, someone to have sort of an you know, that ace in the hole, if you will. That just keep it just in case you absolutely need to use it. That's what Jeremiah Johnson is going to be for the Alouettes. What about also signing um, uh, current Alouette, uh, uh, Stephen, uh, was it Edekulu? Edekulu. Edekulu. Man, see, I did it again, man. <laughs> no, I'm very happy to see uh, Stephen. He's a big fan of ours, uh, and of course, the the feelings more than mutual. A big part of the community here in Montreal. He's been going to a lot of the schools, doing a lot of the, a lot of the the motivational speaking of that, and just getting getting his name out there, getting getting the uh, you know just being out there, and being a part of of the Alouettes community. And I'm really excited to see him introduced more into this offense uh again another special teams demon like this is just a good good guy to have on your team and i'm extremely thrilled that the alouettes see the value in him as well and i'm glad he's going to be sticking around and still being a part of the community both on and off the field yeah um what's your thought about the uh i hadn't heard about this one the signing from the tiger cats uh wide receiver um uh is it felix fobe lucier very good yes it is Hey, uh, I'm not all ang- anglophone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's coming along nicely. <laughs> no, uh, again, this was another move that uh, another solid depth move. Again, as far as I'm concerned, national receiver, we, we've struggled with this over the past couple of years. Uh, just we've got some good young talent in the pipeline, but to have someone that has actually gotten some serious reps, which he did in Hamilton, 
I'm pretty excited to see what he can do as well. I, again, I also do believe that he's going to be more of a special teamer more than anything else. But uh, just to have that, just to have that depth as far as receiver goes. Uh, good young man. He also played for the Laval Rouge AR. So I, it's funny, but back in the day, I used to think that the Laval Rouge AR was inadvertently became the Alouettes farm team because how many times did we draft players from? From the Rouge AR, yeah. it seemed like it was like a foregone conclusion. And then the rest of the CFL woke up and was like, oh, wow, maybe we should be getting some of these guys too. And that's what had happened was guys like uh, Fulbert Lucier and that were just being snapped up by other teams. But now they're starting to make their way back to the Alouettes, which is nice. So I'm definitely curious to see just how well he can integrate in here. Like I said, I, I definitely see him more for special teams than anything else. But, I mean – could be one of the. He's still a young man, and he can, he's still got a good pair of hands. I, I'm I'm curious to see just how many reps he's going to get at, at the receiver position. But uh, again, just a, another good solid depth move, and uh, I'm all for it. Um, quickly before we get to our our interview with uh uh with uh with Spencer, what's uh what's your thought on the players uh, that we have lost to free agency? Okay. Uh, the most notable ones uh, would have to be uh, Nicolas Boulet and Philippe Gagnon. Uh, both of them are now members of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, can't say I'm too surprised at the move. Uh, again, I, I definitely think the world of uh, Nicolas Boulet. He's definitely been a major, major part of this community as well. Uh, just a, a great, uh, great product of the, of the area. And... Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, he just couldn't find a spot here in Montreal, like uh, on a full-time basis. Again, he was definitely a beast on special teams, uh, but every time he just subbed in, it just it just didn't seem to click. At least not enough to become a starter uh, in, in in the linebacking core. So, I think he'll get that chance in Ottawa, and I definitely wish him all the best. Uh, like I said, just an absolute gem of a player, uh, great guy on and off the field. Uh, Philip Gagnon, it's one of those moves that. You're almost damned if you do and damned if you don't because he was the second overall draft pick in 2015. And the expectation level was sky high for uh, for, for Gagno. And it just never really seemed to pan out. Like injuries, unfortunately, kept him more off the field than on the field. And he just never really got to realize his true potential, which is unfortunate. Uh, he'll get a chance to play with uh, another former Rouge or in uh, Jason Lozon Seguin with the Red Blacks. So I think the two of them together protecting uh, Jonathan Jennings, who is now a member of the Red Blacks. I think he'll get a chance to prove that he definitely belongs in the conversation. Uh, I'll say it's just to me though, I just, when it, when it comes to this offensive line, I just see, Oh, there's so many good young players that are just waiting for their opportunity and he was just kind of at that point. It's like, okay, you got to do something. And I just don't see it happening right now. He just, he just didn't do quite enough for me to say, yeah, he's got to be an absolute keeper. So unfortunately, he ends up uh, moving on. And again, wish him all the best in Ottawa. I, th- I think he'll get a chance to shine there. And I hope it works out for him. Uh, aside from that, uh, surprisingly enough, there haven't been too many former Alouettes that signed elsewhere. The only That's ones. True. I know. The only ones really out there were uh, DJ Lalama, uh, who was, was, again, was one of our special team guys. But unfortunately, he too was bitten by the injury bug a few times. But he'll get a chance to go back and play in his native Winnipeg for the Blue Bombers. <coughs> Excuse me. And Joshua Stanford was part of the trade that sent uh, Philip Blake and uh, – uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, Patrick Lavoie 
over to the Rough Riders. I'll say if you're asking, if you're waiting for me to, to help you with that, uh, with that, um, I, I was no, you weren't going to get it. <laughs> it's so funny, I just drew a blank right there, but uh, <laughs> he was part of that trade, and uh, unfortunately, just for whatever reason, decided that despite needing national receivers, I guess the LOS decided that mm, I don't think it's going to work. So. He, he ends up signing with the BC Lions, who have gone through a complete overall haul. So um, I'm curious to see just how much action he's going to get out and uh, out on the left coast. So, yeah, I wish, uh, you know, we didn't really get a chance to, to see all of what Stanford could do. So, uh, again, wish him all the best as well. But yeah. uh, I, I guess only time will tell if, uh, I, guess, I guess for now, the Rough Riders won that trade, if you want to call it that, because uh, Blake and... Uh, and Lavoie are still part of the Rough Riders, and uh, we've hey, we got a dra- another draft pick to, to to talk about. So I guess that's something. <laughs> woot 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 woot. <laughs> okay, uh, before we finish up the show, we got a, just a, you know a little bit a little bit notes and news from the Alouettes, but we want to at least mention um, uh, at least get to uh, the interview that we had uh, with our, our one of our newest. Uh, our newest Alouettes. Um, so we will be speaking with Spencer here. And when we get back, uh, uh, we'll finish up the show. Now, the Alouettes have made a one heck of a splash in this uh, uh, free agent and the offseason. Um, what better way to get acquainted with some of the new members of the Alouettes is to add them on the pod and talk about them and uh, see what they, uh, what they think about the Owls organization and uh, uh, what they're looking forward to the future. On the line with us now, we have one of the newest members of the Montreal Alouettes, offensive lineman Spencer Wilson. Thanks for joining us on the pod. Thanks so much for having me. Well, we I noticed just by, I mean, you've been with Calgary since, wow, so your entire career, 2011. Um, what I thought was very interesting is that uh, you didn't play university ball, but first before that, uh, what, what actually got you into football, Spencer? Well, I played uh, I played football since grade five in Calgary. Um, I, I grew up in uh, the southwest in Haysboro um, and uh, played Bulldogs all the way up uh, high school football. Um, played uh, just my my two senior years of football in high school, and then uh, um, I played junior football uh, going into the Stamps. Um, I played one year over with the Okanagan Sun. And then tried my hand down at uh, uh, university down in Michigan at uh, Saginaw Valley. Oh, okay. I was there for a little bit. Um, wasn't for me. I came back up, started working, and uh, wasn't done playing football yet. So I played uh, junior football in Calgary for three years. And, uh, and Calgary saw me there, I guess, and uh, uh, asked me to come and be camp fodder, I guess, uh, hold bags and... Uh, asked me if I wanted to come and uh, participate during a camp in 2010. Um, and I thought that was uh, a crazy cool opportunity. Uh, so I put work on hold. Uh, and and then when the opportunity came around to practice all year round, I, I said, sure. And then 2011 uh, was my first real, I guess, open tryout, uh, like a walk-on with the Stamps. And then uh, eight years, eight years with them. Now you actually you brought something which I have to ask you about. You, you said you, you tried your hand at at playing because uh, the school itself that you had, that you're playing in the U.S. Was, was it a, a, a what division school was it? It was the NCAA uh, Div Two. A Div Two, okay. What what turned you off from 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 playing uh, NCAA football? 
Uh, it was it was too much of a grind for myself at the time. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was away from home and uh, I was young and uh, I guess I just didn't have the support group I needed. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, I found it I found it too challenging and uh, no, I uh, yeah, it wasn't for me. Okay. So came back up and uh, went went another route. Yeah. But but as we can see, everything seems to have turned out quite well for you. Um, Cliff, go ahead. All right, uh, Spencer. Who would you say would be your biggest influence on your football career? Um, my biggest influence uh, would be my junior coach. Uh, when I came back up from university, I was pretty uh, pretty distraught. Uh, but he got me up. He got me working out, and uh, and yeah, I, I owe a lot to him. His name is uh, Adam Blasetti, Coach Adam Blasetti. Coached me O line for three years, and then uh, I worked out with him for many years after that as well. Mm-hmm. And why offensive line? What drew you to the offensive line position? I uh, just playing since grade playing since grade five. They have a rule of you have to be if you're over 170 pounds, you need to be uh, in a three point stance. <laughs> and uh, and I was that big in grade five, so I've always played O line. Um, I think there, there's been a few games where I've I've been tried out at D line or D N, but uh, O line seems to be my uh, seems to be my position. Do you, do you find that being an offensive lineman isn't as glamorous to say somebody on defense on the defense line? Because you know we as fans, you may not necessarily hear as much about O line, and even though there's a you know they're a very important part of the game, especially keeping the uh, the quarterback upright, but. Uh, does it does it bother you at all that uh, O linemen just don't seem to get the uh, the praise that the D linemen do? I think that's just part of the game, the nature of the game. Yeah. If you if your your name isn't mentioned at O line, you've done a good job. So versus versus the opposite at D line, okay. um, yeah, I, I think it just comes with the territory, and uh, I'm I'm okay with that. All right, now talk to us as. When you came to the Stampeders, you, you were signed as an undrafted free agent. Uh, was there? Did you feel like you had to avoid uh, the draft process, or was it just it just didn't work out? Like we were hoping to be drafted and it just didn't work. What what was the uh, what basically led you to joining the Calgary Stampeders? Um, with it being my hometown uh, team and the opportunity that arose, um, it was uh, it was it was for me. It was uh, it was. Uh, yeah, an, e- an easy choice with uh, going from cold to stamps with that option being available. Okay, and now you've uh, you've had uh, quite a prolific career in Calgary. Uh, you did manage to win uh, two Grey Cups uh, in 2014 and just this past uh, uh, this past season. Uh, of the two Grey Cups wins, which one would you say was sweeter to you? Uh, the first one, the 14 win. Um, yeah, playing uh, probably at least 20 football seasons worth. Uh, in my life, and I'd, I'd come in second place more than more than not, but never having won. Uh, that that first championship was uh, was monumental. It was very uh, it was very big in my life. So definitely, definitely the first the first win, and uh, to not hear the "We'll get them next year" uh, chant in the locker room, and and uh, and yeah, just the, just the uh, the locker room afterwards was celebratory. The last game of the year. It's uh, it's something special. Is, is there something always to be said about getting that monkey off your back, right? Hundred percent. Because you 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 after a while you wonder. Is this like there's there's so many great football players who have 
played so many years and not won. And uh, it's good to uh, to get out of that category and into a, a championship category. Are you the type of player who, who will wear his ring wherever he goes? Or are you the, are very reserved and say, you know what, I'm going to just keep it away and just keep the memories to myself? If I put on a three-piece suit or uh, get dressed up and I'm Spencer Wilson 50, then I put the ring on. Mm-hmm. But uh, normally I don't wear it. Okay. Now, we're curious to know what actually ended up bringing you to uh, being one of the newest members of the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, I said you've been with Calgary since uh, 2011. You've had a, a great career as an O lineman. Um, being a free agent this year, what made you decide to uh, test the waters? And what ultimately ultimately ended? Why did you end up coming to the uh, Montreal Alouettes? Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I, I had a great time in Calgary. Uh, I had a lot of years, a lot of memories here. Um, but I just I felt it was time to uh, move on with my football career. And uh, to to write my story, uh, to be able to, uh, however many years I have left, uh, to play them how I want to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, the opportunity for a team on the rise uh, that's going to be competitive in the East and be competitive in the whole CFL, um, I would just want to be part of that opportunity. Now, surely you've had to have noticed that uh, the offensive line in Montreal has not been great over the past couple of years it's definitely been a uh, a work in progress is what i like to call it uh where do you see yourself slotting in right away has that been uh, made clear to you or is this something that you're still trying to process right now uh nothing's been nothing's been slotted in um yeah just looking to come into camp uh ready to go and wherever they want to utilize me i've i've had starts at every position on the o-line and uh wherever the team would want to use me i will be uh ready to fill in and uh, do what I can for the team. Mm. Now, coming out over as a free agent, you're also lucky enough to bring a couple of, you're able to bring a, a team from a team, oh, a current teammate of yours, Patrick Levels. You also know a couple of players uh, that are currently on the Alouettes roster. How's it going to feel to see some friendly faces once you uh, get to get in, get to Montreal and uh, st- uh, camp get started? Uh, yeah, friendly and unfriendly. I'm sure. I'm sure there's been a few guys I've played against who, uh, I'm going to have to to become friends with now that we're teammates. Uh and and a few guys, a few previous teammates, uh good faces to see. Uh yeah, Tommy Campbell, uh Levels, uh Tony Washington uh, got his start in Calgary. This is probably 5 years ago. It was the last time I saw played with Tony. Uh but yeah, looking forward to it and the guys and the locker room. All right. Uh let's let's lighten things up a little bit here. Uh your wife is actually from Montreal. Is that correct? That is correct. Well, she's from she's from Saint Savar, uh, ski ski town about forty five minutes northwest of Montreal. Know it well, actually. I uh, I used to live in Moran Heights. Okay. Yeah. Not, yeah. Really close there. Yeah. Now, did that sort of impact the decision, or was it strictly just a football decision, or did she sort of have a, a bit was, of a hand in that? It was very much just a football decision, but also happy happy wife, happy life, <laughs> and uh, and just felt it was the next step in the path. Okay. Now, why the number 50? I, 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 and I'll, I'll explain to you after you answer the question why it's, uh, I'm, I'm asking this. Um, probably, probably just for ease of autograph after been doing it for so long. Uh, and uh, it, it was, it was, the number was given to me when I came on with the stamps and, uh, and uh, I'd like to just keep it and uh, keep it going. Okay. So there wasn't, there's no like 
any personal attachment to it or anything like that. It's uh, just what you happen to be given and you just ran with it. That's yeah, that's correct. I had uh, every other different number between 50 and 69 before that. Um, But yeah, that's been my number since I've been signing autographs. Okay. Uh, the reason I, I asked this is because I, it is actually my favorite number, and I actually do own several Alouettes jerseys with the number 50 on it. So <laughs> if when you come to tra- training camp, you'll see me there, and if you just happen to see a, a number 50 jersey, uh, unfortunately, it's not because <laughs> I went out and already bought a Spencer Wilson jersey. Although, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how things go. But, uh, yeah, so just, but I, I've got complete confidence that you're going to rock the 50 like a boss uh, for the Alouettes in 2019 and beyond. So... I, I just wanted to throw that out there for you. <laughs> awesome. Appreciate it. That's funny. Now you've been to Montreal, obviously a few times in your career. Um, what is the one thing now being a part, uh, now that you're going to be living in Montreal, what is the one thing that you miss, but you always have done when you've come to Montreal to play the Owls? Um, yeah. Schwartz is the, uh, the meat, the meat shack yeah. is uh, something that will be, consumed on the regular i will definitely be going there often um and yeah this beautiful city and uh looking forward to exploring it are you a uh, are you a putin type of guy of course who's not <laughs> right i mean I, i've tried explaining to some of the american uh players and it's so funny just it's pretty much down the middle as far as people are either either guys are all for it or they're just sort of still sitting there going like what the hell is this like it's it's, it's, it's a very guys, polarizing subject yeah if they if they haven't had it then then maybe they can be on the fence but it's pretty simple it's fries and gravy and cheese and any meat you want to put on there so it's a pretty obvious answer exactly there you go. It's a Canadian thing, right? Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah I guess so. <laughs> now, uh, Spencer, is there any truth to the idea or suggestion that whenever Calgary has come to play at Percival Molson Stadium and they've lost the Alouettes, does it have anything to do with the nightlife? Is that something that's just sort of been blown way out of proportion, or is there just a, a smidgen of truth to that from your own personal experiences with the within Stampeders locker room? Well... Um, I know, I know that they have the smoked meat there, and I've heard that the nightlife is also something to be seen. <laughs> um, but personally, I, I always go on business trips and uh, go to play the game. And uh, but I, I do know what you're talking about. I think there was many years in a row that uh, some would even say that we were cursed in Montreal. So not too far, not too hard to uh, to get to that conclusion. Yeah. So what as a as a player uh, as a husband uh, what what do you do for for downtime uh, after the games you know you, you've finished at the stadium um, uh, you you basically showered up you're ready to go uh, what what do you do to to wind down after a game I usually come home and uh, in in years prior here we might have a couple friends over to uh, uh, have a couple drinks. Um, whomever went and watched the game with the wife, uh, Marie's, and uh, usually just hang out with them. I, I usually like to watch the game on TSN as well, mm-hmm. um, just to see another, a third angle. Okay. That's usually what I... Are you, are you the type of guy, are you a gamer too? Do you do that to, to wind down or to get pumped up? Or, I mean, what, what, what is your, uh, what is your, uh, your pre-game ritual? Um... I usually have a 
ham, egg, and turkey sandwich would be if I had any rituals. Um, I have sandwiches I like to eat when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. Um, as yeah, as far as as far as uh, rituals or uh, traditions or superstitions or anything like that, I I think that would pretty much be. If I can have my sandwiches, I will eat them. I don't. Uh, I don't have a hissy fit if I don't get them, but right. uh, that would probably be about it. Okay. So safe to assume that now that you're going to be living and working in Montreal, that the pregame sandwich will now be these shorts sandwich, or will that be more of a postgame <laughs> thing? Probably a probably a postgame shorts is probably a postgame uh, meal. All right. So, so or, now we know or any to- other day. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so so now we know where to find you after the, the football games, which is great. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be a good bet. All right, Cliff, go go ahead and uh, uh, let. Uh, I know it's been uh, Spencer's taken. It's been nice for him to take some time out of his uh, out of his, out of his evening. But uh, go ahead and uh, and take us home. All right. Well, Spencer, like I said, we're we're extremely excited to have you be a part of the Alouettes. Uh, I know that. Uh, this is going to be a, a huge year in the sense that there's a whole lot of changes, a uh, whole lot of things happen. And I think the pressure really is on for the Alouettes to really get back to where it's going to be. And I know you're going to be a big part of it. So as far as uh, obviously the, the goal is to win the Grey Cup, but you personally, do you have any sort of personal goals that you want to see as as far as being a member of the Alouettes goes? Uh, just to just to come in and uh, be one of the guys in the locker room, someone that uh, people can look up to. And uh, uh, to be a good teammate is uh, always important. Um, a, a ring, a championship, uh, an East final, all of these are, are great, but uh, it takes all of us. So I'd like to be one of the guys working for that. Uh, that's, that's some of my goals. Oh, terrific. Well, Spencer, uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Alouette's Flight Deck. Um, if you just want to let people know where they can find you on social media, that'd be, uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I have uh, I have Twitter. It's uh, at Spencer Wilson fifty. So also oh. be able to keep the uh, the Twitter handle. <laughs> That'll work out well. Oh, see, 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 everything's coming up. This is great. So, <laughs> well, once again, thank you so much for joining us, Spencer. Uh, we're definitely looking forward to seeing you at training camp. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing you in an Alouettes un- in the the new Alouettes uniforms, and uh, wishing you all the best for twenty nineteen and beyond. Awesome. Cliffy and Tim, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been great. It's nice to be able to get one of the one of the guys. They know Montreal. He's been in the league for such a long time. Uh, but Spencer knows the area, obviously, because uh, you know his wife being from Montreal or being from uh, the the Laurentians. Mm-hmm. So he knows the area. So it was uh, it was uh, uh, you know we were happy for Spencer to be able to join us. Uh, introduce him to everybody here at the flight deck and to all the fans who listen and. Uh, um, he could be one of those integral parts of this O-line um, where hopefully we can keep the quarterback, whoever quarterback want, QB1 is, and keep them upright and uh, make gets a little bit more balance between the offense and the defense in 2019. Oh, without question. And just the fact that Spencer can play basically any position on that offensive line is, is massive. I, I don't think I can understate, overstate, I should say, just how crucial that is. I mean, I, I, again, I think back to all of the growing pains that this line has had. There, there's some great young studs that will get a chance to be stars of the future. And again, to have someone of Spencer's experience to be able to sort of, I won't necessarily say be the leader, 
but to be, as you said, an integral part of that is, again, well worth whatever his salary is. I mean, that, that, you talk about money well spent. Cavis did the right thing here. He had to bolster this O-line with veteran presence. And yeah. Spencer Wilson, as far as I'm concerned, is going to do that for the Alouettes in 2019. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I completely, completely agree with you. I'm just looking. Sorry, I'm just looking at the at the boutique, and they added some new stuff. Holy crap! Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> um, we want to just at least finish off on what's when it comes to free agency. Uh, Cliff, just give us a rough, give the fans a rough idea of who is left uh, on the Alouette's free agency list. Well, there's uh, still some pretty remarkable names when you think about it. Um, the the one that's probably the, the really vexing a lot of Alouette's fans as to why he hasn't been signed yet is Luc Bredor Jardin. Uh, I can understand why the Alouette's may be taking their time, I guess, is because maybe they just think it's a foregone conclusion. I mean, he's still doing Alouette's events wearing the brand new jersey. So I, unless there's a, a deal already lined up or they just have that much faith that he's not going anywhere, uh, I, I honestly couldn't tell you, but uh, I mean, that's one name who hasn't officially decided to come back to, to re-sign with the Alouettes or have or them re-sign him. So, I mean, that I, I know has been bugging a lot of people because he's been a such a, a huge part of the Alouettes for over a decade that if this is going to be his last run, then why not sign him and just keep him in Alouette's colors as he should be? Again, that's that's for the powers to be to decide. Uh, Chip Cox is another name that, believe it or not, I would include in that list as well. I, I just don't know with with the moves that the Alouettes made as far as uh, having a Hinoch Mwamba uh, and adding Bo Lacombo to the mix. Uh, maybe Cox is now sort of on the outside looking in, and maybe they've yeah, the Alouettes don't want to necessarily get rid of him, but at the same time are not going to trip over themselves to re-up him. Uh, so, again, uh, this is just pure speculation, folks. But, I mean, will Chip Cox be a part of the Alouettes in 2019? It's it's so hard to say. It, at this point, it would be a, a tough decision. Uh, a couple of names that also kind of strike me as unusual as to not being signed would be uh, on the defensive line, where the Alouettes have some good studs out there. But, uh, again, it doesn't hurt to have a couple of these guys, like uh, Gabriel Napton and Jesse Joseph. These are guys that are veterans that know the system in Montreal pretty well, have played excellent football in their time here. Yeah, uh, These are guys that, again, I, I don't think they're going to cost an arm and a leg to re-sign. So I don't know what, maybe just like uh, LBJ is, uh, maybe there's a deal in place and it's just a matter of, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Maybe we'll hear something about that in the next couple of days, I hope, because those would be uh, two fine young men that I'd like to st- still see in Alouette's colors in 2019 and beyond. Uh, honestly, aside from that, like, as far as this list goes, there's just a lot of good depth names, but not names that say to me, oh, my God, why haven't we signed this guy yet? I I, I, I know the Alouettes, too. They, they want to develop certain players, and they are probably going to move on from a couple of others that are on this list. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, the players that we just mentioned right now, those are the ones that I would like to see the Alouettes finally put pen to paper to. For any number of reasons, but uh, as far as depth and uh, other things go, I know with the draft coming up as well, like there's a good chance to restock there and find some good talent that needs to be nurtured as well. So uh, that's the thing with free agency. You just never know where things are going to go. And then all of a sudden, the Alouettes will add this player to the lineup from another team. And you're like, wow, I didn't know we needed this, but I'm glad we have it. So that's, that's part of the excitement of free agency is just 
finding out where everybody's going to end up. Once once the, it's like musical chairs, like once the music stops, if you're not sitting on a seat, where are you? Yeah. Yeah. It, we'll see what I said. It, it was such a flurry. I think everybody's forgetting that free agency is still it basically it still is open. People I think people just have forgotten uh, mm-hmm. just because, you know, most of the excitement has died down, so to speak. So but it's it's still there. There are still some players. So um don't want, just want to remind everybody that we are currently on social media then there are multiple places where you can find us uh best places uh when it comes to seeing us on social is over at twitter that's alouette's fl deck and over at our facebook page just look up alouette's flight deck if you want to listen to the entire history of the uh alouette's flight deck archive you can do so over at uh, the best place to check is at alouette'sflightdeck.ca over at Google Play Music, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. I did it. Yes! Uh, so, you know, head over there, listen to the shows, uh, retweet, promote, do whatever you can. And um, it's on the, on the, uh, for self, it's on the road to, on the road to 100 shows. 100 shows and 10,000 views, and 10,000 10, listens, at least over on Podbean. So, a uh, little bit of news that we want to talk about uh, before we finish up the show. Um, one thing we we had mentioned it last, I think we'd mentioned it in passing last week. Uh, we did verify finally, because both Cliff and I got our invites, that the uh, Randy Ambrosi Road Show will be happening uh, again this year in Montreal. It will be happening on Wednesday, March 13th. Um, if you have gotten your invite already, make sure that you... Uh, claim your spot because it's one ticket. I think it's one ticket per, or I, as far as I know, because I I only have one seat, so I don't know if it's if it's multiple seats. If you have you know multiple tickets, you have multiple seats. But make sure you claim them uh, on the link. Um, I do not know if uh, if people are being invited, um, if they are being invited, if they are not season ticket members. I do not know. Uh, worst comes to worst, I reach out to the Alouettes at uh, uh, at Twitter. And uh, I'm sure they will uh, they will sh- let you know if that if that's possible if you can join them. Also, uh, we're taping the show on Wednesday as of Thursday, the 21st. The uh, CFL has put this whole big to do together, and they are going to be announcing at least who is going to be the host for the 2020 Grey Cup. And uh, a lot of there's a lot of speculation, you included, Cliff, that is there there is a very big possibility that they're going to be. Uh, maybe mentioning uh, not one, but also who is the host of the 2021 Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, in case you folks aren't aware, the there are three teams now that have put in a bid for the 2020 Grey Cup. That would be the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and your Montreal Alouettes. So why'd you, why'd, to, why'd you put us last? Save the best for last. Okay. So, okay. Uh, you're, you're, we'll go, you're, we'll, forgi- you're forgiven. We'll, we'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, tomorrow, I believe it's 6.30 Eastern time, uh, the CFL is going to be live streaming the announcement. And uh, there's also a couple of watch parties that are going on in both uh, Regina and in Hamilton. Uh, none in Montreal because I guess they figure people don't care, which is unfortunate because I'm certainly curious to know where the 2020 Grey Cup is going to be played. But with the idea that uh, – the competition being so tight as far as who's going to be hosting Grey Cup, a lot of people are now speculating that perhaps there will be an announcement of two Grey Cup locations. Just the fact that the two of the three cities that are in the uh, uh, sweepstakes, if you will, are having watch parties to determine who's going to be the, the grand prize winner 
don't be surprised if perhaps, as Tim stated, perhaps not only will the 2020 Grey Cup site be announced, but also the 2021 Grey Cup. And I tell you, that that would be pretty exciting. Even if Montreal isn't in the mix, just the fact that they're, they've put in their bid because they— Yeah, for the first time in a while, supposedly, that they put in a bid for the Grey Cup, so— Right, and you're not just handed the Grey Cup anymore. It's not one of those things that becomes like a, uh, what do you call it, like a dangling carrot for prospective CFL cities. Like mm-hmm. now you actually have to put together a solid bid to prove that, hey, we want to host the Grey Cup and we want to welcome the great fans of this league. So places like, uh, we talk about Hamilton, like they have not hosted the Grey Cup since 1996, which is <laughs> a good long time since they've they've had a party there. Uh, Regina, they've got the brand new stadium, uh, new Mosaic Stadium. Uh, they want to show that off to the world and pretty much invite everybody out for the out to the prairies for a, a good, good rollicking time. And last but not least, I mean, Montreal has not hosted a Grey Cup since 2008, so it hasn't been quite as long as the, a drought as the Tiger Cats, but uh, it's been a while too. And so many people, like league wide, that I've spoken with, are like Montreal's got to have a Grey Cup again. They, they, it's a party city. People have fun in Montreal. you got to have the Great Cup here again. And I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I would be thrilled to see the Great Cup come. I'd love to be able to have all of our podcast friends come visit us at our place and you know have a, have a great event there as well. Uh, so I, I, I know I'll be tuning in for this uh, live stream. I believe it's on CFL.ca, unless you're going to one of those watch parties. But uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see who ends up hosting at the very least, the 2020 Grey Cup. Yeah. And as I said, don't be surprised if if your city was not chosen for 2020. It may very well be chosen for 2021. Yeah. Uh, one quick uh, uh, additional note, by the way, to uh, uh, to uh, Commissioner Ambrosi's roadshow, um, or road trip, whatever it is, uh, that he had mentioned something that we've been talked about a little bit more in the past, and it's sort of gained steam the way i understood it and again as i mentioned earlier you could you can go over to the calgary stampeders website and, and watch it. it's just 30 minutes on the q a that it sounds like that the talk of moving up gray cup is actually going to be happening at least i know what it is according to commissioner ambrosi and what he said it, it will be happening at least for 2020 it'll be a week earlier than what it usually is so that puts it at mid december excuse me mid <laughs> mid november and then he said uh, with uh, whoever's going to be for 2021, that it looks like they're going to try and move it up another week again, which would place the uh, which would place it in uh, uh, at the big, well, second week of November. So it is very possible by 2021, Cliff, the season will start at its earliest point ever in league history. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what actually happens. And I'm sure we'll see once. We'll find out obviously tomorrow when 2020 is announced. We'll find out what the new, what the actual. Uh, I hope they'll announce what the date is. They should. So we'll see when it's going to actually be. And if it is earlier, then I guess all those punter who can who are complaining out of their ass about it's too damn cold. It's Canada people. Um, <laughs> they'll get that. They'll get their wish. Well, and I think a lot of what a lot of these people are complaining. About, and it's funny because it's. I see it split pretty well down the middle because you've got those hardy souls that love the idea of a wintry wonderland of a gray cup and people that complain about it being too cold and all that. I mean, I think about what this past gray cup, for example, like the, the fact that the city of Edmonton, like the Eskimos 
and the great, well, even the league itself has to be culpable in this as well. It's the fact that the the field was basically like a skating rink for a lot of the players. That the fact that they didn't do anything to make this the make the turf more uh, football friendly, right. considering that you're hosting a championship game. Uh, I think that sort of prompted a lot of the uh, let's bump the season up more. Let's bump the Grey Cup up to mid-November as a result of this because you want to try to avoid as much of the cold as possible. To me, if that's the only reason why you're bumping things up, then it's kind of a – I just don't see it working in that sense. Like Because people do love the idea of – like this is Canada. Canada's supposed to be cold. It's supposed to be wintry, and you're supposed to be able to – that's part of the fun of playing football in November is to the possibility that the elements just may not necessarily work in your favor. That's part of the fun of it. But at the same time, you also want to put your best product forward and not having a properly maintained field because of uh, inclement weather conditions Uh doesn't, doesn't lend itself to the best uh, possible experience. So I see both sides of the argument, but uh, to me, I I just hope there's more reasons than that to moving the season up and essentially moving up the great cup game to mid November versus late November. Yeah, well, I and well, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I uh, also want to mention uh, who, those who didn't happen to make get out because I know it was myself, my wife, and uh, I saw a couple of the fans there actually did make it out. Cliff to the warehouse. Um, it wasn't a sales, just the warehouse uh, opening uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I braved the uh, the closing of the Angrion overpass. Um, uh, saw Cam and the guys there. Uh, they have a nice choice and selection of the new merch that's there and um i was able to try on the new jersey to see what it, what it wants uh see what size i was gonna uh, what size fit me better and decide what i'm gonna get uh once the season gets closer um but dude by the way i the way i was uh, i was basically going gaga there a little minute a little while ago is um uh they've actually added a uh, a, a, an authentic helmet the new authentic helmet. Ooh. You can actually buy one for and I'm not I'm not poo-pooing this because this is what they cost for 300 bucks. But honestly still, for for an for an authentic helmet, that's yes. that's really not bad. Yeah. Authentic helmet with the whole new you know um, Montreal's thing and then stuff like that and uh I I can't complain. They got some nice stuff. I think they got some nice stuff there. So, um yeah, if you have a chance to head over to the new boutique uh, website, it's uh, they've they've redone the site. It looks it looks quite nice. So, um, any other tidbits you want to bring up, Cliff, before we finish up? Oh, not much. I mean, like as I said, like free agency is still going on. So, I mean, like there's still more moves that could be possibly made. So, definitely uh, follow up on social media. We'll we'll talk about it. Uh, we're still hoping to get a couple more of these uh, new free agents uh, here on the flight deck to sit and talk with us and share their experiences about uh, Montreal and uh, what they think of what the Alouettes are going to be doing in 2019. Uh, Still a few more ideas that we'd like to get out there for you folks. And the best thing I could say is just make sure you're following us on social media because we'll post all the news. We'll let you know what's happening. And uh, as always, stay tuned. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, again, uh, thanks for Spencer for joining us. Uh, Again, our newest free agent here for the Alouettes. And uh, we will talk to you guys i'm guessing in the very near future so for everybody here at the alouette's flight deck for cliffy d i'm tim capper we're on final approach
Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.